0: Welcome to episode four of From the Front Porch. I'm Annie Jones, and today I'll be joined by author C.J. Hauser, whose new book, The from Aways, takes place in a small town in Maine that reminds me a lot of our small town here in Thomasville, Georgia. Because of those similarities, today we will be talking about small town living and finding community right where you are. Thanks for joining us. this book. I think I told you last week when you were at the signing that I started it on recommendation from another customer, Um, read it kind of overnight, like finished it at midnight one night, just really fell in love with the characters, with the place, um, the small town in Maine where you set your book. Um, But also, I think I loved it because, and I told you this already, I feel like a from away. And when I discovered that the book was about these women who were not from this small town... Um, I was immediately attracted to the story and I was a journalism major in undergrad uh-huh. and so I love the small town journalism, you know, aspect of it. Um, so my question for you, first of all, is how on earth did you come up with this beautiful setting and perhaps the most important question, are you from a small town?
1: Yes, I am definitely from a small town. <laughs> I am from a very small town uh, in Connecticut called Redding. Uh-huh. I think that I really grew up not understanding that not everyone grew up in in the sort of wonderful claustrophobic caring small town environment until I went away to college in Washington D.C. and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this was bizarre. <laughs> this was very bizarre how I lived, um, and I was homesick for it a lot. And so I think that's sort of the reason why I really wanted to write about the nature of life in a small town. I wanted readers who are from small towns to to sort of recognize that in there, and I also wanted people who haven't had that experience to feel like they could visit one Mm -hmm. in the book.
0: Yeah, well I definitely felt like I was visiting a a small town, and I didn't want to leave. When the book ended, I was like, wait, (laughs) I've just got to know these people, and I'm not ready to leave them yet. And I find um, that I am attracted to books and television shows about small towns. like. I love the Mitford series, which is a book that takes place in small town North Carolina. Um, Katie, the co owner of the bookshelf, she loves those books too. Um, and I wonder sometimes if that's what drew us both um, to Thomasville. Um, ah. Yeah, these, the, when my husband and I were thinking about moving here and contemplating the bookshelf, you know, moving to a small town is a different life. Yeah, it's a different choice. (laughs) Um, So, in fact, we tease. So, Tallahassee, as you probably know, is a pretty transient town. like people come and go. It's mercenary almost,
1: where people come in, they do their jobs, (laughs) and they get out. (laughs) Yes,
0: it's horrible when you have formed your community and then your community starts to leave. Um, And so, our friends began to move, and so we had a set of friends go to Boulder, Colorado. Um, One of my friends went to Chicago. Another to Nashville. A couple to Jacksonville. Kansas City, and we got Thomasville, and it's like this cosmic <laughs> joke. Like we we got this small town, um, but wh- anytime when I start to feel a little down in the dumps, like when things close at eight p.m., or <laughs> I just think, but the Gilmore Girls did this. Yes, they did. Or the you know Father Tim in this series of books that I love, these Melford books. He did this, and he loved this, and so I'm comforted by these other characters who live in.
1: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people who write about... I love that you mentioned Gilmore Girls. I felt like I was bothering my publisher at the time. I was like, can we say that fans of Gilmore Girls would like this book? And they're like, that's not a very dignified publishing
0: strategy. <laughs> oh, oh, but it is. That's such a smart, well-done series. And I, I'll i tell you what reminded... The reason I mentioned Gilmore Girls is there's a scene in your book where there's a town hall meeting. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, like this is just like... <laughs> the the series uh, Gilmore Girls they where they frequently like it feels like they go to weekly town meetings and I always found them hysterical but I never realized oh that's real like oh yes it's real yeah and and the first time which I don't even know that you would call it a town hall meeting but Jordan and I went to like this planning session for the arts district in Thomasville and we got to like lift up these thumbs down thumbs up uh, things to stay our opinion. Talkers. Yeah, little clackers. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, this is our life now. And, and I love <laughs> it and it's so weird. <laughs> it is weird. No
1: one is sort of uh, ambivalent or just doesn't care about what's happening in a small town. And I think that I grew up, even before I understood sort of what these things meant. I was hearing about zoning. I was hearing about school boards and budgets and things like that. And so and so didn't vote yes for such and such <laughs> and so we're not having
0: them over for dinner.
1: <laughs> and I was very confused by all that. But people are super involved. And um, I actually just heard. I have this beloved friend and high school English teacher, um, who was reading my book back home. And she was in a book club with a bunch of lo- like local uh, officials from the town, including a former selectman, and I was like, you can't go to book club with them, there's a whole scene in there with the town select person, and they're gonna know that it's based on on things that happened in our town, and she, she texted me the other night, she was like, book club went wonderfully, no one even recognized themselves, everyone loved it and I think that that just means that like this happens in all small towns, and so it wasn't Surely
0: small towns are used to be being characters in novels, do yes, you think? Yes, <laughs> definitely.
1: Definitely, but I was relieved all the same. <laughs>
0: that they did not find themselves yes. in the book. Yes. <laughs> Even though that was the intent. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess brings me to the quirky characters in the book. Um, quirky characters are such a uh, huge part of small town life, and uh-huh. as someone adjusting to small town life, I will tell you that the quirky characters are like the best part like <laughs> like without <laughs> them I might die <laughs> because they just make life so much more fun and they make books so much more fun um, so describe to me maybe some of your inspiration behind these wonderful characters
1: sure I feel like I do think quirky characters in a small town I mean knowing the locals mm-hmm. is such a big part of, of yeah what makes you feel connected to a small town and what's, what makes what makes living there feel like oh, I am glad i made this choice, I am glad that this is the lifestyle for me because you go into like the local diner and there's that waitress who everyone knows mm-hmm. and the fact that like you share that with everyone there and you're asking her about her kids or whatever it is, I think that it makes you feel really connected mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of people are lacking in their lives these days and that still does happen in a small town. Um, but I think that the... Inspiration for some of the characters. I mean, Carter Marks, who is the folk singer, mm-hmm. who is sort of like was semi-famous once, maybe for a minute. Mm-hmm. But he is, in fact, the most famous person in this small town <laughs> right. by virtue of there being <laughs> no one else there. Um, I was actually thinking a lot about how Levon Helm, who was in the band, mm-hmm. lived in Woodstock, and I mean, he's actually famous, but he would have these concerts at his house. I went up there with my dad a couple times um, for shows. They called it the Midnight Ramble. It was beautiful. Oh, and people would just see him around town and just be like, hey, Levon, what's up? Right, and like he was normal. Yeah, like he was normal. <laughs> like he hadn't been on tour with Bob Dylan for years and years <laughs> and years. And I just love the fact that in a small town, you, you give someone that respect, you give right. them that privacy, right. but that also you're very proud that they're there. Right. Um, I mean, in terms of the rest of the crazy people who are in my book, I think there's sort of types who appear in small towns over and over again. The guy who is was the thing he's always grumbling about at the bar, the sort of town sweetheart, the, the kids who are always getting into trouble are certainly very much based on my own friends and I from high school. Uh, and a lot of them, there's actually sort of a shout out at one point, everyone gets a fine from the town of Menemon, uh later in the book, and there's a long list of names, which is just a long list of all of my troublemaking friends in back <laughs> home. And some of them who don't even, they're not even big readers, but they found that part in the book, and they're like, we're famous, we're in a book, we're being up to no good. And so they really enjoyed that,
0: that little shout out. So your own small town characters inspired these characters. For sure. Yeah. Um, which, I guess, you grew up in a small town, um, I think you did a stint in New York City, sounds yes. like you did a stint in Washington DC. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to know is, you did you went from small town to big city living, um, what was that adjustment like? And did you adjust? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you know, it's funny, in, in college I was so desperate to, to see what big city life was like, and so I really wanted to go to school in the city, which is why I went to DC, um, and then. I was sort of disappointed with, I I got to DC and I was like, I want to go to this jazz club, I want to go to this Hmm. restaurant, I want to do all these things, this poetry reading, Miri Baraka is going to like Mm. scandalize everyone tonight, let's go, (laughs) and no one wanted to go (laughs) anywhere, they just wanted to stay in the dorms, most people, Um, I eventually found my people, but everyone was so excited to sort of be having this college experience. Um, that, that sort of they didn't care about the city they were in. Right. So the like so campus. Tour. Exactly. Um, and so there wasn't so much. I mean, I did some exploring. Eventually, I found my tribe of people, and we got up to lots of adventures in DC. But I think it wasn't until I got to New York that I really sort of started adjusting, and and it was a big adjustment. I think you feel very anonymous even when you're around millions of people every day and that was a peculiar feeling to get used to mm-hmm. sort of liberating in a way like no one knows your business right <laughs> which was different and exciting right. but um, I sort of missed people being all up in my business right too.
0: and I wonder so I Tallahassee is by no means a big city um, but coming from a bigger city to a small town that adjustment has been odd at times um, just because the reverse of what you're saying like I you know Tallahassee is my hometown so people knew who I was in certain areas but it's a big city so you don't see them everywhere here you run into everyone at Publix everybody you know at grassroots the coffee shop or you know everybody sees everyone all of the time and that was an adjustment for me and my husband loves it he's an extrovert um, he thrives on human interaction. <laughs> I could do without it.
1: Like, <laughs> and did he come from a small town or from a city?
0: He came from a big city. He came uh, from Birmingham. Oh, okay. Um, Alabama, and so, but even he has had to make some adjustments um, because small town Southern life is different from big city Southern life. Yeah. Um, and so he has made some adjustments. But I also tease him because he still works in Tallahassee, so he still gets uh-huh. some of that. I mean, it's a joke. Tallahassee is in a big city, but that big yeah, city it vibe. Is. I comes. mean,
1: more so than, than a tiny town like this. It's yeah. very different. Yeah, and
0: so I tease that like, he still gets part of that during the week, whereas I'm enmeshed in it, You know, uh, which I hope, I hope I'm hope i enmeshed in it. You're the bookstore owner. You need to be oh, enmeshed yeah. in it. But it's very different. Um, and so we've both you know, made some adjustments. Um, but I think that's why the book resonated with me, because um, Leah and Quinn are ways as you describe them they're people who are not from there and as someone who has also experienced being a from away what is that like
1: I mean I think it's not I haven't had to separate quite as much because it's Tallahassee is so transient mm-hmm. that I feel like you're not quite so much interrupting other people's lives and people sort of leave you be but I think that there's always a kind of like a tyrannical proving of your belonging, if that's even a sentence you can <laughs> say in English, but I feel like that's what happens, and, and it's funny, even um, I moved back home after many, many years, just for like nine months or something like that and even moving home after having been away for a while mm-hmm. I did feel like I had to sort of I don't know, prove that I belong there again, be like, we're going to the bar, I can hang at the bar, sure, I can hang at the bar, it's a Tuesday night, oh no, I guess I can hang at the bar, or like, I don't know, just all sorts of little tests that you get put through to prove your belonging, and I think, you know, Heidi Julevitz actually has a really beautiful essay in um, the State by State Anthology, where they have one writer write an essay for each state, and she wrote the essay for Maine, and she talks about from ways, and out of staters, and how she moved back home to Maine and she felt like people would not accept her as belonging until she had done something stupid and sort of messed up. I think <laughs> like the pipes burst in her house or something like that and then once they could laugh at her and be like ha ha, ha you don't know what you're doing right. then they were tight again. <laughs> um, so hu-
0: humbling yourself, humiliating yeah,
1: yourself. Yeah, hum- admitting you're doing admitting that you're from away I think is the first step in becoming not a from away
0: perhaps if such a thing is
1: possible yeah and
0: I think Tallahassee and this is what my husband and I talked about too so Tallahassee and then Montgomery where we lived previously Montgomery Alabama they're both semi college towns they're also capital cities so everyone is a from away I mean there is I did have a good friend in Tallahassee who had moved to Tallahassee and she felt like everyone in Tallahassee was related (laughs) <laughs> and, and I, you know, which they kind of, I mean, I'm related to a lot of people in Tallahassee. I mean, I, my whole family lives there. Um, so I understood what she was saying, but now I've moved here, and I'm like, no. Everyone in Tallahassee is not related. Everyone in Thomasville is <laughs> I related. I have seen <laughs> what this actually looks like. <laughs> that's, that's right. So I think for in Tallahassee, you know, the community we created there, we were all from a ways. Kind of. And so we, which, I mean, I was from there originally, but I had moved away and come back. And so the people that we met with and had dinners with and interacted with and saw movies with, they were all looking for home. And I think that is the only tricky part about small towns, maybe not the only tricky part, but perhaps the most tricky part, is that everyone is already home and yeah. I am still trying to find it. Right. And I, Leah and Quinn are both in their 20s, I believe. Yeah, if they're I both were, like 24-ish. Okay, and so I wondered, which I'm older than that, I'm 28, but I'm like, maybe this is just part of my 20s, and I keep thinking, by 30, I will already have my home. <laughs> by 30, I will be all settled. And um, So I wondered if this is a 20-something, or if you know, if you see this as just a human plight that we're all kind of looking for home.
1: Do you know, I think, I think about this a lot. Um, as a person who is 30 and living in Tallahassee, Florida, I don't think my quest is over. I don't <laughs> think I'll do it forever. Right. But um, I, I think that it, yes, is a 20s thing, where you're sort of questing and trying to find your spot. But I think that a lot of it, too, has to do with the fact that people used to just stay in the town where their family was. And a lot of my friends, it's like that back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the reason I wrote the book, too, is that I keep seeing my town changing and it's becoming more developed and it's becoming less and less feasible for the new generation to stay and live in that same town where their parents live because it's becoming so expensive and it's becoming this Mm -hmm. different animal Um, so even people among my friends who want to live in town are moving like two towns over and I think there's something sad about losing that family tradition of having multiple generations in the same place, of, like, driving around and all the signs for, like, all the businesses who the same family names <laughs> repeated over and over again. Like, I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, when I was in school and, like, like I'm a Hauser and you're such and such and, like, our father. I mean, I dated my first boyfriend in high school. When our parents met for the first time, they said, oh, my God, his father had been my mother's High school English teacher, (coughs) history teacher,
0: right? And it's just
1: that sort of thing. The small world connection. Yeah, I think it really deepens like your sense of belonging and all that. And because people aren't doing that as much, I think it's sort of everyone. And maybe it doesn't have to do with age, but everyone has to sort of strike out and be like, well, I guess I'm not just going to take the default option that was given to me of my hometown. But then you have the whole. United States and possibly the world to choose from, which is quite
0: overwhelming. I do. I, in fact, I read, I wish I could remember where I read an article about that, but I read an article about th- that the world has become so open to us or to our generation or, you know, as compared to parents or grandparents. And it's almost crippling, like the amount yeah. of possibility. And, you know, the thought of, so my family lives in Tallahassee, so they're only. Forty-five minutes up the road, um, so I still see them pretty regularly, and I like that. And yeah. um, you know, I used to wonder if I needed to feel ashamed of that because people, <laughs> you know, because people act like, oh, you, you know, you, you just love your family too much, or like you, you're too attached. But I grew up, this, you know, grew up down the street from my grandparents, and um, I can't tell you how important that was to me. And and I think. A better grown up like if he could yeah. maybe be able to interact with multiple generations of people oh, and, I love that and yeah and I think and my husband um, didn't grow up down the street from his grandparents but grew up just a few few miles away and so um, I like that um, but then now I'm living in Thomasville where multiple generations do still live and where whole families take and set root here um, and I love that for them but as a, as a from away sometimes that is intimidating like right. oh but mine's 45 minutes of the road, so what am I supposed to do
1: here? <laughs> oh, but it's so nice too. I love when, like, I I have a lot of family who live up in Maine, and whenever we get together at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I just, there, there are many houses, many <laughs> houses, and so we get together and it's this huge thing. It only happens once a year that everyone all gets together. And I just feel so so right when yeah. I'm with all of them. I'm like, oh, my God, you're all just like me. <laughs> like, you are my people. I forgot about this. Right. Um, and I think being reminded of that is so important. Mm-hmm. I really like, too, what you said about, like, interacting with older generations yeah. and that being an active part of your life and sort of your socialization as a human. Yeah. I think that's really important, too. And I'm, I don't know, not to get too gloomy, I'm afraid a little bit that that's getting lost, which is why... I think I sort of imagined myself into this, this town where
0: all those things were still
1: happening right. because like, I was worrying about it.
0: Right, and where multiple, I mean, multiple generations in this book interact together. Yeah. And you see it um, play out sometimes in beautiful ways and sometimes in conflicting um, ways. But sure. But I, I loved that about the book because I think it's true. Um,
1: it's funny to think that like, your family legacy can be something. I mean, Henry,
0: obviously, in the book, is very much a
1: person who wants to leave behind his family legacy and do his own thing. And so it's very much what he's struggling against. Um, mm-hmm. And for Quinn, she's never had that. And so mm-hmm. she desperately wants it. So
0: you always want what you don't have. <laughs> the um, grass is always green. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I was struck as reading the book. Um, Leah and Quinn, they're these ways, They're trying to stake their claim in this, hu- in this town. Um, and as someone, so I moved to Thomasville, I guess about six months ago, I'm kind of losing track. Uh-huh. Um, and then I've been working in Thomasville for over a year. Um, but any time I start to feel a little lonely or frustrated, um, my husband is like, we haven't been here very long. And I'm thinking, well, yes, we have. You know, <laughs> it, We have been here long. And so I read this book, and when I finished, I, I was almost devastated that it was finished because I still wanted to be with these characters and spend time with them. Um, but I also was frustrated because I was like, well, they seem to fit in just fine, and it took them <laughs> no time at all. And then I look back over the book, and the book takes place over a full year. Yeah. And so I wondered, just from your experience, because you've moved several times, when do you think you start to feel at home in a place?
1: That is a really good question. I think that um, I think that the moment that you start feeling at home in a pl- in a place is actually when you start becoming kind of a regular at mm-hmm. different, like. Local places where people commune, whether that's like a bar or a bookshop, mm-hmm. like those places, when people recognize you, they ask how you're doing. That's when I've always felt the most at home. Um, I actually, when I was in college, I lived in France for a year in Lyon, in this uh, city in France, and I never felt like I was belonging at all because I couldn't speak very well, and I kept on trying to make friends with people and. And there was this cafe that I would go to near my house every day and the same grumpy French waiter would take my order every day and pretend he had never seen me before in his life <laughs> and I always ordered the same thing and I'd sit there for like an hour and read um, and then I had been there for maybe I don't know seven months at this point when I started to order and he was like oh I know <laughs> and then he came back with my thing and he was like hi, my name is Sajin Sench, so it's just nice to meet you. And I was like, it took you this long? Seven months. <laughs> I can't believe it, but that there's this sort of sense of like, well, is it worth investing in you? Are you sticking around? Right. But I think that moment was when I felt like, oh, I do live here, mm-hmm. I do live here. Yeah. And made him gay. Yeah. <laughs> and within within the over the next few months, it's funny. Maybe this is just a French thing where people go from zero to sixty. And he went from pretending he'd never seen me before in his life to sitting down at the table and telling me like the gossip about the guy who ran the tobacco store in the corner <laughs> and what he thought about so and so and how she wasn't sticking to her diet by ordering poached eggs. I was like, really? You had all of this
0: to say? All of <laughs> thanks for thanks for that now. <laughs> didn't it finally feel so wonderful? It was amazing.
1: <laughs> it was the. I mean, I still remember it as right. like I succeeded. I right. did it. Um, I don't know. I don't know when I'll feel totally at home in Tallahassee. I think the the northern-southern cultural thing is so hard to wrap your head around that it might. It might never happen. Like, I love it there, but I don't know if I'll ever truly feel like this is my place for right. that reason.
0: Yeah, I think people forget because our world is so much bigger than it used to be because we can move wherever, you forget there is a huge culture shift uh-huh. um, that would be difficult to adjust to. Um, and, you know, my friend, so she lived in Tallahassee briefly for a couple years, and then she moved to Boulder, and that's a huge culture shift. Yeah, it is. And she was talking about um, <laughs> one day, which she... Used to tease about this part of Southern culture, the, this uh, this um, this monogram and pearls culture. Yes. You know what I mean? And so then she moved to Boulder, but she died laughing because she said, "Annie, no one has a monogram on their front door here." And oh my god! god. <laughs> I
1: tried to imagine the people in Boulder even trying to understand what that what meant. What a monogram is. Yes.
0: And so I, she said um, there was a girl she had met. I believe. I hope I'm not saying it wrong. I think from Texas, but it could have been could have been also from Florida, I can't remember. But anyway, that person had hung a big you know, burlap bow with a big monogram letter on their front door, and Jen, my friend, was like, Annie, no one does that here. Which I thought, well, how lovely. <laughs> so they don't do that there. But you know, every culture is so specific, and there's something delightful about each one, but it's trying to figure out if you belong in that one or not.
1: It's true. Although some of my favorite moments since I've moved down here have been finding the, like, almost the same but not quite intersections Mm -hmm. between like my New England culture and southern culture and I have this really great friend who's an amazing cook and I love to cook as well and she took me she's like the queen of the fish shop when she goes in and she just like talks to the guys back there like the same way that I do back home but Mm -hmm. it's a different mode of interaction in New England than (laughs) it is here and I happen to be wearing this shirt that had a lobster on it it said like Connecticut established blah 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 and um she points at me and she's like, guys, she's a Yankee. We're going to have her eat no rubbish." <laughs> and they were like, no way. And so I was like, so this is what we do with lobster, with the beer and the this. They're like, well, we use beer, but only for this. I don't know about that stuff.
0: Isn't and that so funny? Yeah. And I would never think about that. But um, there's a couple who just moved to Thomasville from California. And I love interacting with them. They come to the shop pretty regularly, almost multiple times a week. And... It's such a delight to interact with those regular kind of customers. Um, but on the 4th of July, you know, we were talking about what we were doing, and and they told me they were going to a crawfish boil. And the husband had never even heard of that before, and he had to Google it. And he was so <laughs> excited to go to one. And I, like, it all of a sudden struck me, oh, my gosh, like, you've never heard of a crawfish boil? Yeah. Like, and it was so – that was just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And, you know – I think, so I have only ever lived in the South, but Tallahassee Southern, Thomasville Southern, those are drastically different. And then I remember, I thought I was semi-Southern. I didn't necessarily <laughs> take pride in it, but I thought I was semi-Southern until I went to Alabama for school. And then I thought, oh my gosh, like, I am not. I know nothing. I am not Southern <laughs> at all. And and in fact, people were quick to tell me I was not Southern <laughs> oh, <now>. oh, yes. <laughs> because, um, you know, I didn't have I didn't really have an accent. I had a I had a teacher I'll never forget this. I had a teacher who had a question um, about I don't know number ten on a test, and I said I said can you help me with number ten or something, and he said can you repeat that for the class, and I was like I have a question about number ten, and he made me repeat it. I mean looking back. At least three times.
1: I'm such a Yankee. I can't even imagine what the problem is with what you
0: said. <laughs> so he goes, "It's just so pleasant to hear someone pronounce ten with one syllable, because oh. in Alabama they say, or in Georgia, I guess they say ten, like uh-huh. like they you know say two syllables." But he pointed me out from the whole class, and this was a college. This was a small um, school up in Montgomery, and you know most people who attend there are from if they're not from Montgomery or from Alabama they're from maybe Georgia or Tennessee there just aren't a lot of you know I think it's grown since I've graduated but uh, there weren't a lot of people from various other parts and so that was kind of my realization that oh I'm not fully southern and you know it's realizing what culture you belong to and I think that's tricky too.
1: It is because I think you have to decide for yourself like Am I identifying with this culture that I come from? Am I trying to fit into this one I'm going to?
0: It's all very fraught, I think. It is. Um, So my last question for you today is what um, books about small town living or about, I don't know, about finding your place do you love? Oh, so many books. I love, Lauren Groff is a favorite of mine.
1: she, I mean, I love all of her books, but specifically, I think it's called The Monsters of Templeton. Okay. is about this girl, it's about um, Cooperstown, New York, where she actually grew up, Groff, um, which is where there's the Baseball Hall of Fame, right. and there's all this strange history. And the book is so fantastic, because it's a girl who goes home, um, and she's sort of heartbroken and trying to figure out a lot of different things, but then there's all this wonderful, strange stuff, there's like... A sea monster that's discovered in the lake and is it really a sea monster or is it just like an abnormally large amphibian or something <laughs> like that um, and there's the same kind of local color where they're, the running buds is this group of, of older guys who go running through the town. She starts running with them getting her life back together <laughs> and in order to sort of figure out this, this mystery that's happening in the book um, she has to go through the town archives so she pulls at that level of history as well and how it relates to her and her family and I just was so charmed by spending time in this real town but like I saw her mm-hmm. Cooperstown and mm-hmm. I loved that mm-hmm. um, other small town books, I feel like I'm not remembering properly where The Heart is a Lonely Hunter takes place, mm-hmm. but it feels like a small town <laughs> to me um, and that's one of my like Desert Island all time favorite books just mm-hmm. because I love all the different characters that McCullers narrates in there and how they're all sort of living very different lives mm-hmm. in the same small
0: town and how all of their versions of the town
1: are different. Um, yeah, I
0: love that. I love seeing different sides of the small town because now that I live in one, I see that it's so much more than what people make it. And I want, you know, Jordan and I are, are determined, you know, at least for this stage of our lives to build a home here and to settle here. And so, um, you know, I love reading books about small towns. I love reading your book because I felt like even though the culture, like you said, is drastically different, and we're talking about lobsters and wearing sweaters in July, <laughs> which is a concept I'm not familiar with at all, um, I still saw so much of Thomas gold in Minamon. That makes me so, so happy. Yeah, I really did, and so uh, I love, you know, I think I mentioned, like, I love the Mitford series, um, I'm reading a book right now that takes place in a smaller town, and I'm becoming... A part of that, I think. I think I'm realizing that I have a place to play in that, at least for the time being. And I'm trying to embrace it because I do think it's an adjustment. Um, but good books uh, always help make it a little easier. I think.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for visiting my talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me, and thank you for being on the front porch today. You are very welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the latest episode of From the Front Porch. Um, And thank you, CJ, for joining us today. As usual, you can find out more information about the books we mentioned here at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And, of course, we would love to hear any comments or feedback you might have, especially on the topic of small-town living. We will see you next time!